0: Good morning, everybody. Good air of Shabbos. I'm Naomi Nachman, and this is Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am very excited to be here in the studio today. Can I just say one little sentence? I've got to get it off my chest. I hate snow. Can I say that? I hate snow. 15, minute, 15 20 years in the first 15 years in America, I was fascinated. I loved the snow, but now I've had enough. If I look at one more... D- snowfall, I'm gonna die, I can't take it. Um but we have made the best out of it and we have done some great cooking during all these crazy snow days. So, uh, good Shabbos, good Air of Shabbos everybody now that I've got that off my chest. And, uh, I am right here, we managed to get to the Lower East Side and, uh, I'm joined by ZK and our amazing guest today is gonna be Sarah Klinkowitz and you're gonna hear a great interview, uh, that I took earlier in the week, um at Mason and, at Mason and Mug out in um, Brooklyn. But firstly, for those of you who don't know me, just tuning in, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat. Yom Tov Pesach gets its own mention because it's only like 59 days away or so. Yes, I'm freaking everyone out. Uh, small parties or anytime you don't feel like cooking, I'm your girl. So just uh, stick with me for the next hour or so and uh, hear about our cooking adventures, our kosher food traveling and sharing of great food ideas and recipes each week. Uh, but I also want to hear about your experiences too. So feel free to email me at Naomi at com. You can join my fan page on um, my... Uh, Facebook, it's called the Aussie Gourmet. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, um, and you can also join my newsletter. So uh, our show is going to be great. It is sponsored by the amazing uh, hot dogs of Abel's and Hyman. Uh, we taste better. And I have been experimenting with some great hot dog recipes for Pesach. So that's really exciting. Um, Happen to be a big hot dog lover, so that really works out well. Always looking for a new Pesach challenge. So, yes, you can eat Abel's Einaheim and hot dogs on Pesach. I've had some great food adventures this week, um, but we're going to talk about my adventures and what I did through my interview um, at Mason & Mug in um, in just a few minutes. Um, just want to give a mention that I will be this coming uh, Thursday, uh, February 20th in Gormeglat Emporium in Cedarhurst um, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. I'm going to be doing a fish demonstration at the Aussies Fish Counter in Gormeglat. I hope people um, in the five towns can join us or if you are have some time on a Thursday afternoon, please come and join us. We'll be having tastings and recipes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the following week, I'll be in Teaneck and Borough Park as well. So um, it's very, very exciting uh to be uh, able to talk with people and schmooze with people how to eat interesting and healthy fish recipes. Um, let's talk about my crazy food adventure. Um, you've heard me speak about it quite often in the last couple of weeks, especially with Brent Delman, the cheese guy. He was on a month or so ago. Um, and we were talking about the restaurant Mason & Mug. It is a small plates wine bar, and we're going to hear about that. I'm going to play the interview. I went on Monday. I picked my daughter, Leora Nachman, up from um, school. Shout out to you. We had a great adventure together. There's nothing like going on an adventure and spending some time, even with your little kids. Um, so we had a great great afternoon. I picked her up from school, and we drove over to Brooklyn to Prospect Heights, and I met with Sasha and um, Ita Werdiger, uh Roth and Sasha... Oh my gosh, I have to find his last name here. Okay, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, where did I write it down? Okay. Alright, so um with Sasha and, and Itta, they are the owners and it was absolutely fabulous and we had a great time and we enjoyed their amazing food. You're gonna hear in the background of this interview, like they had high ceilings, you're gonna hear the buzz of the, the restaurant and a little bit of music in the background. I don't think that will, uh, uh disrupt the, uh, sound quality, but it was ZK gave me the go-ahead that it was good. So we are going to play that interview now uh, of me at Mason and Mug this past week. So, uh, okay, should we try that? Okay. I am sitting here in Mason and Mug taking an interview with my daughter, Leora. I picked her up from school and I had told her that we're going on a big secret special adventure. We drove all the way from the five towns to Mason and Mug, uh, which is in pa- Prospect Heights. In uh, Brooklyn. So it's very exciting actually to be here. There's been a lot of buzz and I've been, I must have mentioned it on my show like five times. Mason & Mug, Mason & Mug, it's a Milky restaurant and they're going to, I'm here with the owners of Mason and & Mug and we're going to talk to them about this incredible place. I'd like to uh, welcome, uh, well they, they're actually welcoming me, but I would like to welcome onto the show and to the interview, uh, Ita and Sasha. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, it, there's been so much hype about this place. I've, I've been following you along since our friend Donnie Klein uh, mentioned uh, Mason and Marg and, and the, the beginnings. You had very interesting beginnings, I believe. Um,
1: I think I feel like all restaurant beginnings might be interesting. I don't know.
0: Well, didn't didn't you start off in your house or something, the oh. Hester? Oh, um, yeah. Well, that
1: was um, that's yeah. We actually met through a friend, Sasha came to the first Hester event, so that's how we met. I'm
0: sorry. It's okay. We are still recording. Great. <laughs> okay, so um, the Hester was, I believe, in your house. A restaurant in your house? Yeah, it was like a supper club that would um,
1: pop up, you know, one, uh, first once a month, and there were some weekly things, and they had we had different kinds of events, like some of them were like um, m- more... Um, informal stand-up we always had music we always had like a bar and later on we had more sort of sit down full-on meal dinner things and it would be like a whole evening
0: I don't know why I never heard about this because that would be something I was so into so was it was that your house
1: yeah do you have a big house yeah that's actually what instigated we moved there and I thought like I gotta do something in this house I love it. Where where, where did you live What neighborhood? It's called Ditmas Park. It's like the best kept secret of Brooklyn. There's like massive trees uh, overhanging street lines of, it's very old. It's a very old neighborhood.
0: Love it. Okay. So have we moved now that we've moved the restaurant? Are you still there? No, no, we're still there. We haven't moved. But your restaurant has moved because I'm sitting here and I don't even know Prospect Heights is, is it near, we're near Crown Heights? Yeah, we're like
1: a neighborhood over from Crown Heights. Crown Heights is like a block, like literally across the road, actually. <laughs>
0: so you can actually walk there.
1: Yeah, well, C- Prospect Heights and Crown Heights border each other. So Prospect Heights is actually right in you know, smack bang in, in the middle of Park Slope. We've got like Park Slope on one side, Crown Heights on the other side, and then we have Prospect Park in the front, and then we have like what's that, like bed Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, yeah. downtown Brooklyn,
2: and- Clinton Hill, and bed are on the northern border of Prospect. So it's a small neighborhood. I think
0: we have to turn on Google Maps to actually get it. Yeah, culturally,
1: we're like, you know, an an emerging neighborhood. And we have like, you know, old Yuppie Park Slope, which gentrified like back in the 70s on one side. And then we have Crown Heights, which is changing as well. And then we have like the Jewish community, which is a little further, the Lubavitch community that way. And we just have, there's a huge cultural mix of people. And yeah, we feel like it's our restaurant kind of encapsulates like a lot of different our food is very international comes from a lot of different places so
0: well i cannot wait to try some of this food and now this is not a typical restaurant let's let's set the uh explanation here so let's talk about what you actually call this restaurant like it's a small hey sasha why don't you go
2: I mean, the concept is it's a small plates beer and wine bar, so we're...
0: What does small plates mean? Because I'm hearing that a lot. Right. I was recently at, um, oh my gosh, um, right, right here in Brooklyn, um, Pardes, and that was tiny right. plates.
2: Right. I mean, I think people these days are trying to do really focused menus that have very focused ingredients and pack a lot of flavor into a small amount of food. Uh, but they can also charge less for it and people are interested in trying a few different things and we're inspired by you know tapas restaurants and japanese izakaya restaurants that are small place restaurants in japan so the small plates you know in israel they're called mezatim they're small plates restaurants all around the world a
0: lot so the what? Falafel stands. Of this. Right, right. Yeah, I, I never heard of this concept till I went to Paradise, and they called it small plates, and we literally ordered everything on the menu because we wanted it besides Tridal. It didn't seem so expensive. We were four people, and we ordered everything on the menu, and it was like 400 bucks, more than 400.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> it, so it was is, nuts. This is a little more affordable because we're mostly we mostly try to work with Um, vegetables and fruit and we really don't do a lot with cheese we do you know we have a cheese board where we feature some great cheeses but we really try to focus on vegetables and fish and so we can keep our costs lower and encourage people to order a lot of different things because nothing is is too expensive
0: well when i saw the menu i said sasha i think i'm gonna order everything on the menu
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and a lot of people do
0: Okay, I'm definitely going to have to, you know, work our way work our way down. What's the most popular item here? Fish taco, hands down. Fish tacos. Didn't even have to think. Say that again?
1: The, the fish taco, I didn't even have to think. The fish taco is a favourite. We've had it since we opened. We knew we wanted to open with it. It was Sasha's idea, actually. And it's been... Yeah, we've had like the standard way that we've made it, and pe- people just love it. It's a, it's a bit addictive, actually. You'll okay.
0: see. got <laughs> I can't wait. Um, people also talk about your kale salad.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. The kale salad is really popular. We used to, we started out we call it a deviled kale salad because we started out kind of making it as a deviled egg on its own, um, and then and then people kept coming and saying, well, I want a salad. <laughs> so then I don't know. It seemed to like become a salad with
0: kale at the bottom. I'm always talking about kale now because it's like, you know, one of the buzzwords in healthy food and... Yeah, yeah, you have to have a kale salad. If you're a trendy restaurant, a kale
2: salad is a must. Especially in this neighborhood. (laughs) Kale salads.
0: Okay, I tried making a kale salad at home, but I felt like I was eating raw cabbage. What am I doing wrong? You have to massage. You have have to
1: massage it. You have to either cook it or you have to massage the dressing well into it. Otherwise, you are eating a cabbage. Really? Like.
2: And you have to squeeze it, and you have to kind of, like, you have to massage it.
0: The Uh kale
2: itself, the leaves. leaves. With
0: the dressing on it?
2: With or without, yeah. Yeah. Dressing helps.
0: I never heard of such a thing. Okay, I'm going to have to try that at home, because I I came up with this. I make kale chips, and I have this lemony hummus dressing that I make with it, um, and it's delicious. So I do it with the kale chips, and you kind of dip the kale chips into this dressing. But then I thought, how about I... Finally, chop the kale and pour this hummus dressing on it. Nobody ate it. <laughs> it was like everyone tried it. We went,
1: don't mm. chop it. We tear it, and then and then kind of um, when you massage it, it kind of um, wilts the leaves. So, unlike a lettuce, which does is not hardy and won't hold up, kale is like a, a very hardy winter green, which is why we're using it in the winter. Like I honestly would not do a kale, a kale salad in the, in the summertime because it's It's such a hardy, wintry, specific, you know. So it holds up to, like, it holds up to that. And it needs that. It needs extra love. Whereas arugula or something like that, you just put a little olive oil and lemon juice and just can eat it like that, you know, simple.
0: Right. You know, it's, I, I, what I, I'm thinking and I'm hearing about this restaurant now, you've only been open one season, that it's going to be a seasonal menu, right? You're going to change it with every season. Like some of the restaurants that I have frequented in my neighborhood, it's been the same menu for 10 years and literally, and I eat the same thing off the menu because, you know, we've got to change it up, people. <laughs> and then I think, that's, I think that's what you guys envision. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just singing to the
0: choir. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys get into this? Like, have you always been a cook? We hear an accent. Do you hear that, everyone, that she has an accent? <laughs> same accent as me? <laughs> not kind of strong. Yeah, same accent,
1: but Melbourne versus Sydney. Yeah. Diluted I, Melbourne versus...
0: Really <laughs> strong Sydney. <laughs> I'm here for 22 years. I have not gotten rid of my accent. Okay, so yeah, enough about my crazy Australian accent, and I think it got me my job as the radio, you know, doing the radio show. for 22 years in the United States with my Sydney strong Sydney accent. So when was the last time you were in Australia? Um, just a few months ago, actually. I haven't been in three years. I'm like counting down. I'm, go- I'm going in July.
1: Oh, so you're going to be going for the winter? With the
0: winter, let me tell you, but Sydney winter's okay. There you go. You tell everyone Sydney winters like what sixty degrees. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, let's let's talk about what uh, we've taken a little break and we're on to part two of our interview. Um, they have bought me. Sasha has bought me the most incredible looking food. We picked four foods from the menu. It's. I just want to uh, reiterate to every all the listeners. It's not a massive menu. There's eight things on the menu. About. Ten to twelve. T- ten to twelve. Okay, ten to twelve. You know, sometimes you go there and you get these delis and she's counting. <laughs> sometimes you go to, to oh. Delis and they've got like four pages of menus. Okay, we have 13 menus, but we also have a very extensive wine and beers as well, Correct.
1: Yeah, we have like, I think nothing is too extensive. It's more like a small selection and that, that changes often, that we try and keep up to date and try and change seasonally, and the beers have changed a bunch of times since we opened. Do you have La Trop beer?
0: Troppe beer? No.
2: No, Belgian beer?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where it's from, but I had at Pardes, and I fell in love with it. And then I had it at a House of Dog, and I liked it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have really interesting beers, and a lot of local beers and craft beers, but... None of our beers are too like too funny or too weird or have, you know, strange ingredients. Like they're all kind of really solid, solid IPAs, solid lagers. We have a really good kolsch, you know. Just good beer that goes good with the food.
0: Something that complements what what I'm eating. So there would be a certain beer for this amazing kale salad that you put in front of me. Oh, I wish I could <laughs> try the beer, but I'm driving home afterwards. Okay, so let's talk about these four amazing dishes. Now, I don't know if I'd mentioned it earlier in the interview. I brought my six-year-old daughter with me, and they presented her with the most delicious sandwich. And most six-year-olds would not eat this sandwich. What What What, what, what was the first thing that Leora ate? By the way, all these... Pictures of the food that we've just taken will be on my Instagram page. At uh, my name is Naomi Nachman on Instagram. So um, find me and look at this incredible food because um, you'll be right here today's Friday morning. Everyone's listening to this interview that we taped earlier on the week, but it's um it, it is right now. It's a Monday morning, and you're going to be hearing this interview. On a Friday morning, and then you're going to be running here Matze Shabbos to eat this, especially after you see all these gorgeous pictures. So, what what is Liora eating?
1: Um, that's our deli, which is basically um, our version of like taking the classic New York deli um, and totally um, making it into this wholesome, amazing, flavorful sandwich full of um, house ferments. So we have sourdough bread, which we get from a local um, baker. And then we have our own um, apple kraut, which is like an apple, an apple sauerkraut. Um, it's basically a traditional sauerkraut with juniper berries. We add some caraway seeds, which is also traditional. And then we grate some apple in there to help the ferment and to kind of cut the uh, the, sa- the sour the sourness a little bit. And then we have house-cured gravlax on the top. Which right. So when she says
0: deli, everybody, it's salmon, not pastrami.
1: Right, yeah. It, that's, yeah, that goes without saying. I should have mentioned that, yeah. Because so it's, it's a milchic restaurant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then we make a dill,
1: so we have the mustard also. We make like a dill mustard sauce. and
0: yeah, must- I'm gonna, I'm just going to stick my fork into the mustard here to try it. It's delicious. There was a little pause there. Oh, my God, that's great. We didn't put it on the sandwich because Leora was eating. I didn't know if she wanted it. Are you giving me some to try? Okay, I'm getting a, sh- a nod from Leora. Thank you, Leora. Okay, I'm going to try that in a minute because Mummy's talking. There you go. Thanks, Leora.
1: Okay. And then we have some pic- pickled red onion on the top and a little sprig of dill and the lemon
0: wedge, and that's a little deli for you. Okay, that's that's unbelievable. So Leora's actually... Uh, they made that special for her, um, but um, for me we have they made me a whole little buffet over here of these um they're not even so small these plates, but they are called yeah, small, it's true. small this, plates this is our most filling bowl for sure um, okay, so talk to me about this chili
1: um, that was in, that was a super bowl inspired chili um, it 's spicy three beans, we roasted some um, yams and added them in afterwards, and then we topped it with some sliced avocado, some lemon-zested sour cream, some um, some grated aged cheese, you know, depending on what
0: we have, Havarti, um, cheddar. And all your cheese is from the cheese guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, this cheese is from the cheese guy, and we have a cheese guy board. Um, and then we
0: made, these are our house tortilla chips, which are baked. Oh, not fried. Oh, very good. Very good for the waistline. Amazing. So it does have a little bit of spice, but it's not burning my mouth that I hate when you go somewhere, my lips throb afterwards. I love that. <laughs> you? That's so funny. I'm so... I, I, I need my palate to be able to recover pretty quickly, and I had something very spicy the other day, and I was not recovering.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Everyone, and Everyone has different tolerances, so you just have to make sure... Like my, I tend to like want to make things spicier and then I just have to hold myself back sometimes because everyone has different, you know, thresholds.
0: Yeah, d- d- definitely different tolerances, which is my, my 15-year-old, she loves spicy and no, no one else can tolerate as much as, as she does. Have,
1: sorry, that's why we have hot sauce on all the tables.
0: All right, the have, s- sriracha. Sauce, sriracha,
1: cholula, salt, pepper. You want to add something, go for it.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Everyone can find their own. I always talk about your, your own inner chef. So <laughs> <laughs> She likes that one. Um, so there's like a little wooden box on the table, like a DIY kit, I would call it. And it's salt and pepper and there's even cutlery and napkins. Um, and Who uh, made these? Sasha, Sasha and yeah. I made them.
1: Yeah. With,
0: well, he nailed them. I glued them. That's amazing. So not only you made the food, you made like half the stuff in the physical part of the restaurant.
2: That's crazy. Well, so just, I mean like we, I painted the ceiling, like our friends did a lot of the decor, like we had local people help us build out the bar and build the, the tables and, and. Everything was either done by, you know, friends or family or us or, I local mean... Local
1: businesses.
2: Yeah, just local people that we knew, that and we became friendly with.
1: Neighbors that we didn't know accidentally throwing things out, and then the wind blew them on the road, and I picked up all these old uh, Caribbean records.
0: Records, I know. Do you know what that is? my do- Leora, do you know what that is? I'm pointing to the wall, and there are, like, little vinyl LP, sense. vinyl... Records stuck to the wall, like very retro.
2: They're like 80s, dan- their 80s Caribbean dancehall records.
0: Oh, that is so cool! It's definitely by Anonymous Neighbors. Thank you, Neighbors, if you're listening to uh, Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network, uh, <laughs> right here in um, on location in uh, part Prospect Heights. I keep want to make sure I get the name right all the time. You can finish that sandwich if you want. My daughter's. I'm deciding if she should finish that sandwich. Okay, so moving right along, we have discussed the chili and we've discussed this amazing sandwich, uh, jelly sandwich that Liora had. This is the item that is most talked about. I think the next two items are the most talked about. We're going to go uh, talk about the kale salad because everybody knows I love my kale. Um,
1: so we ha- we make this uh, miso horse. It's a, a miso based dressing with like freshly grated horseradish root. And uh, rice, wine, vinegar, and soy sauce, and, and then we pickle some seaweed, different kinds of dried seaweed, um, kombu, or wakame, or hijiki, and we make the dressing out of that, and olive oil. I don't even know what all that stuff is. <laughs> Just a bunch of Japanese stuff, and it goes well together.
0: <laughs> it's amazing that
1: you can even find this stuff kosher, you know? It's, it's hard. It's really, it's, it's really hard to, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff I can't get from any of our suppliers, so I have to go to a shop and just pick it up you know whenever we're low it's kind of annoying but it's
0: hopefully soon you know look mirin you couldn't get mirin you couldn't get um, miso and now they're much more i know in my neighborhood in the five towns much more readily available than it ever was before
1: yeah definitely i mean the fact is i don't have to go far for all this stuff and i can get it
0: so right. you push the kosher envelope i love that it's amazing <laughs> Okay, this is and what is, what is? Let's talk about this egg. You were saying it's free range or not free range? It's right,
2: pastured. It's a pastured egg. What does that mean? I mean, Ita could tell you exactly. It's what It's
1: raised it means. on the pastures of Lancaster. It's ra- the chickens are running around on the green pastures. They're That's not. What it means, but it's pastured. <clears throat> Nothing to do with the word pasteurized. Everyone thinks that it's because you, sometimes you say pasture raised. Everyone's like, oh, pasteurized. No, raised on the pastures. It just means that the hens are healthy and full of
0: life, and that means the eggs are better quality. Is that like how we talk about um, our friends' cold food meats? They have their grass-fed meats. Yeah. And exactly. they are healthy cows going exactly. off. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Nice lives, enjoying the grass, eating what they're supposed to be eating.
1: Yeah, and if, you have, if you're eating the product of something that's had a good, nice, healthy life, then it, the, the quality of the product is definitely going to be higher. There's no... You don't have to... There isn't much science in, involved in that.
0: So on top of this delicious kale salad is two, I, I don't want to call it hard-boiled eggs. Almost it's, hard-boiled. Almost hard-boiled. I, I love a runny center I've been putting poached eggs on top of everything lately. I'm like, put on top of pasta. I'm like obsessed. <laughs> um, okay, so... So it's had a nice life. We've got the poached eggs on top of the kale salad, and it's, it's absolutely fabulous. And it's got sweet potatoes?
1: It's, um, it's kabocha squash, which um, we call jack pumpkin in Australia.
0: Oh, jack really? Pumpkin. Okay. My mom, yeah, my mum yeah. uses that a lot.
1: Yeah, so the skin is really thin and edible, and we just chop it up and roast it with lots of sesame seeds, so it gets kind of crusty.
0: Oh, yum. It's really amazing. Okay, so let's move on to our last dish that we've got over here. I have been waiting to eat this. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know if I can hold the um the microphone hold can hold and the um okay. So I'm going to t- I'm going to describe here. I mean, you can all go and see the pictures on uh, Instagram. It Looks like a taco. It's a soft taco.
1: Corn,
0: yeah. Um, at the bottom it's got some purple cabbage. Why don't you talk about what it's got? <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a really simple, light, healthy oh, okay.
1: um okay. dish. It's basically a six-inch corn tortilla that we you know kind of. Toast a little to get a little bit less soft, and we pickle some quick pickle some cabbage, red cabbage just for some color. Uh, then we have um, fish. So at the moment, I think today it's pollock. Every every day it could, it's different. We go from mahi to pollock. Just snap actually, sorry, that's blue snapper. That's blue snapper, and then we kind of have a little uh, flavor on it, like cumin and stuff like that. Avocado. We have a, a sauce that that we make. That's kind of cilantro jalapeno kind of mayo and that's it.
0: Squeeze a lime over it. We put a lime on the side. Oh, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I never heard of blue snapper before, by the way. And I do a lot of fish restaurants, fish recipes and um, uh, for Aussie's fish. And I write tons of recipes and I've never come across blue s- snapper. Where's that found? Which oceans? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's called something
1: else. I mean, I feel like snapper is one of those things where it's like, Generic it's Like there's a million different kinds of them And they're probably all called different things Depending right. on where you go it's, We normally don't get snapper um, That is, you know, on the weekends it's, I have to sometimes run around to local fish markets Because my suppliers aren't, aren't you know But usually it's either pollock or mahi And we, we either roast the pollock Or we, fry the, we bread and fry the mahi Sort of pan fry it And everyone, lo- like people like different ones But everyone kind of just loves whatever
2: the fish whatever taco, fish. though, is our biggest seller, yeah. the fish taco. And it's inspired by, like, Baja, California, Mexican, like, Veracruz fish tacos that you get on the beach, like, you know, super cheap. You can buy a bunch of them, and it's just, like, fun, fast, casual, but fresh food. And that's what our menu is really inspired by is fast and fresh and casual and fun.
0: This is Casual dining at its best. It's it's just it's unbelievable, and this this fish taco is a, a outstanding. It um, great with beer. It goes great with beer. Which kind of beer? Um,
1: I like I don't know. I like eating flavorful foods with like an IPA. But I don't know. Sasha probably could tell you more about what beer would go yeah. with taco.
0: Tell me, um, where did you guys go to culinary school? Did you train for this On the street?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the streets of Caulfield. <laughs> The streets of New York, coffee Caulfield taught me nothing. No, I'm
1: just kidding. We
0: love, we love Melbourne. <laughs> we love Melbourne. Hey your cookies. What I would do for a chocolate-coated brandy snap from, from Melbourne. I haven't had one in years. Not a break. bring some for you. Yeah. Tim Tams. Do you eat Tim Tams? No. Because I'm not. not stroll. Okay, yeah, I spoke I t- I've heard about them my whole life, and I've, I've felt I've, I've been left out. I, I've got, like... TAM packages in my freezer Rabbi Gutnik we need to make you hear me we are um, in Sydney Australia he's the head of Kashrut of the uh, Australian News and New Zealand Cushwood Authority and I had him on the show a few weeks ago and we we're talking about Tim Tams and Australian Sippets you know you can get Australian Sippets now in, in uh, no, the five no, no, no. towns I used to smuggle them in and now, now they're being sold in Gourmet Glad and Cedarhurst um this is absolutely fantastic. Um, we actually did a, a Vegemite breakfast thing the other day.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> so I've, I've, I feel like it's been a secret dream of mine to, like, open a restaurant in New York and, like, serve people Vegemite. So we, I, I did it for the first time yesterday, Sunday morning thing.
0: <laughs> uh, can, when you do that next, can you let me know? Next, ne- hopefully next Sunday. Okay, I, I'm going to come with my family. I love yeah. that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You should come.
0: Okay. Sunday's family day.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brunch.
0: Brunch. Do you need reservations?
2: No, no, no. no. You never need a reservation here. It's very casual, long eating bar, kind of tall communal tables, you know, kind of pull up a stool and it's just, you know, all together, casual.
0: Okay. Now you're not open on Fridays because, you know, a lot of kosher restaurants are not. Let's do a quick shout out to your address and your website and how people can find you. We're 708
1: Washington Avenue. Um, you can find us on Facebook, um, Mason and Mug. Uh, email us. We're really good on email. We're not very good on phone, but we have a phone somewhere. Um, <laughs> Mug at gmail.com. Well, because we're, so, we're just so contemporary. Who needs a phone? Who needs a phone? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Why Mason and why Mug? Uh, mason for mason jars and mugs for, you know, mug of
0: beer, mug of coffee, just sitting down and hanging out. Pickles and beer. Love it. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for this amazing half an hour that we've spent together eating and talking. And I look forward to sharing more of your adventures with our listeners and getting our listeners over here because this is really outstanding. It's Chalavisrol. Um, And we're right here in Brooklyn, so uh, come on by and check it out. Thanks, everyone, for uh, listening, and thank you both for having me here. Thank Thank you. you so much.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right, take care. Okay, that was our interview at Mason and Mug. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, You want to grab a fork and spoon and like start eating. Um, All the pictures, all the food that we spoke about, as I said um, during the interview, is going to be on my Instagram page. I'm just trying to work out how to do that right now while I'm talking. I might actually wait till the show is over at 10 o'clock. Okay, so my next guest is uh, Sarah Klinkowitz. Now, why I thought about having Sarah right now, because I thought, she makes chocolate and kind of like the ch- the culture around us right now is flowers and chocolate. And I thought, chocolate, who am I going to have on the show? Who makes chocolate? Who makes amazing chocolate? And I thought of my friend, uh, Sarah Klinkowitz, who is a very talented um, she's a talented food blogger and she's a t- talented chocolate maker. Um and I don't know if anyone can see all this chocolate that's around us but uh ZK we're going to be eating chocolate today. Sometimes it's cheese, sometimes it's salami, sometimes it's wine, but today it's chocolate. So well we're very excited about that. How you doing? Welcome Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having okay, me. Okay, can 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 are we on? Are we good? Talk right into the microphone.
3: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Our pleasure, our pleasure. wasn't too crazy to get in today, right?
3: No, not at all.
0: Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad because you're coming from Brooklyn. So let's talk about, you do a couple of different things in the food industry. So let's talk a little bit about your blog. Okay. How long have you been doing it for?
3: Uh, Officially two
0: years. Um, It is called? It's called Food Words and Photos. One word. Put it in as one word. Food, words, photos, and are you like? Uh, did you take photography classes?
3: Um, not officially, no. Okay, but you, your
0: photos are outstanding.
3: Thank you very much. I've gotten a lot of pointers as I've gone along from other bloggers who are who take amazing photos.
0: Okay, because you've clearly learnt something really good, and or you just have your own inner talent there. But
3: it's, thank it's, you very much.
0: Okay, so talk to me. Um, what what inspired you to start this blog?
3: Um. It actually started from my previous job. Okay. I was working for um, a major appliance company, and they were actually looking to start a blog, and they were looking for someone who writes recipes and who cooks and whatever. And I said, I could do that for you. Okay. So I sent them like a few recipes, and they were like, "They're really good. You should start your own blog." And I was all like, right. A and bl- I was a like, bl- "A blog is born." I was. And I was really, <laughs> they were like, sure, why not? So, um, they sort of taught me like how to use Twitter and how to blog and things like that. And it just sort of went from there.
0: Yeah. You're social. You're very social media savvy.
3: Thank God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think in this day and age in any business, whether you sell pencils or you cook for people, you know, you need to be in social media. I think it's like not having your phone, your phone number in a directory. Like, you, you know, right.
3: I think it's you, so- you, in this day and age, you really need to have some sort of social media presence. Yes, I like that word. They always call that social media presence. Okay. We try to
0: make <laughs> lots of presence in our, in our industry. Okay. So you started this blog. Why
3: food Word, you know, how'd you pick the name? Um, basically I wanted to represent my world of food in words and photos. Um, I wanted to use pictures, I wanted to tell stories, I have a very strong culinary background and I wanted to use all those different forms of media to express that. Okay, I heard the word culinary background. What yeah. is your
0: culinary background?
3: Can you share that with us? Uh, sure. Um, I started, my first job was actually in a restaurant when I was 14. Oh, cool. What um, restaurant in Brooklyn? No. Um, is it still around? Probably not. <laughs> we
0: didn't burn the place down, did we? No. Okay.
3: Okay, good. Um, good
0: for you at 14 working. Amazing.
3: Thank you. Um, I also went to vocational school, which was part of my high school program. Oh, amazing. Where I went to public school in Northern Pennsylvania and you had a choice. Like you could either go like the college track or you could go like the Votech track. And um, I decided that I wanted to take the Votech track and go into cooking. Um so I had three years of that. My instructors were from the Culinary Institute of America. They oh, graduated no. from there. Um so you learned so, from the best. So I had really amazing instructors. Um in my junior year of high school also I did an entire year that was completely food based. As in like food geography, food science, let's food. Let's do math. let's
0: let's talk about food geography, what where food is found. Right. Ingredients are found across the world. Mm-hmm. That's oh, so interesting. What's the craziest thing? Can you think off the top of your head fast like
3: that? No, okay. <laughs> no. But, do, it's, but, things, but it's absolutely, it but it's like absolutely fascinating to study, like where certain foods are eaten, why they're eaten, uh, for you know, if they food, have, history. Like, right, food, food history, right? Food history, like how to write menus, how to do inventory. Um, part of what we did was because there were other students in that type of program. Um, myself and one other student actually ran a small kitchen <gasps> to feed these students. There were like maybe 50, 60 students in this program. That's, and that's that was out. like in my junior year That of high sounds school. incredible.
0: And that's out in Pennsylvania. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do we not have that in New York? Um, we could make a from one. We're going to talk to Jesse at CKCA. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if Jesse's listening right now, but I'm going to be having a little chat with you later. This is brilliant. This is yeah, really a very clever concept. I
3: was really blessed to have this opportunity.
0: Okay so from there we where did we go next
3: um i was also working in restaurants at the same time okay. um honing your skills right you know i started at the bottom line you always have to you know you have to work your way up start as the pot washer exactly <laughs> <laughs> the waitress the pot washer work your way up um i did that till i was about 21 okay uh about 20 21 somewhere in there um became more religious got married um, but cooking was always part of my life okay like besides just being a from mother
0: you really took your I feel like I was the same way like you know we cooked in the beginning when I first got married out of necessity and then it became like our passions well for you clearly it was much earlier on in school I did not Go anywhere near my mother's kitchen, which I was really sorry about because my mother's such a good cook and I wish I would have spent all that time helping her prepare Shabbos. Mummy, I'm really sorry I didn't help out, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good now, right? <laughs> I, 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 help my mom out all the
3: time and she helps me and you know. I really feel like, um, but if I hadn't gone to cooking school, I would not have been prepared to make Shabbos or Yomtif because uh-huh. it's just so many dishes over such a short time. Right. So I feel like that really, like, gave me the groundwork for that. I
0: wish I had
3: helped my mother, as I said.
0: But, uh, you know, because it was a trial by fire. Is that the expression? Yeah, sounds right. You know, I get married. You know, we got married in Australia. We come after Sheverbrocher back to the U.S. We came back to our Lower East Side apartment. Started off right here in Seward Park on the Lower East Side. And it's like, wow, Shabbos. Okay, I can do this. And you know what? I've been doing it ever since for 20-something years. So. You know, you just got to throw yourself in there. But some people don't like it so much. They do it because it's a necessity. But when right. it becomes your passion, we're so lucky, right? And yes. then our families become so lucky. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you're you started this blog, and now you've gone into something a little bit more. Um, right? The chocolate. Yes. How How did this all come together? What What you know, people will ask me this all the time, and I'm sorry, I'm changing a little bit the question. People say to me, um, food or dessert, because there is that distinction yeah right
3: there you're either most people are either they say it's either cooking or or baking baking. yeah
0: that's that's what they say cooking or baking there's a very
3: big distinction cooking cooking um for me i feel like the distinction is not so distinct because i do a lot of cooking if you look on my blog you'll Mm -hmm. see that i do a lot of cooking i have a very strong cooking background um but at the same time i really don't bake I have maybe one recipe for bread, one recipe for cake. Um but <laughs> I love to work with chocolate. Okay. Okay, can we can we like I know we're going to sample some chocolate.
0: Should we talk about the chocolate now? Sure. Okay. So let's we're going to talk about chocolate and we're going to sample chocolate because as I said chocolate's all around us now in February. I kind of feel like across the world it's flowers and chocolate and we're going to celebrate chocolate right now because You know, chocolate's
3: good anytime. (laughs)
0: Chocolate's good anytime. But you know what? On these really cold,
3: cold days,
0: there's nothing like a hot chocolate to drink or just to have a bite of chocolate. I kind of feel like it warms the soul. There must be a bit of history behind there. I don't know if you know from the top of your head or anything.
3: Um, Well, I mean, there have been scientific studies that say that, you know, there's like serotonin and a little bit of different things like this in chocolate that just gives you that feel good boost. Like when you feel down and you just want a piece of chocolate, well, I know. that's the kind of like your body saying, give me some chemical and help me feel better. Right. And it's you kind know? of
0: like, I'm putting in air quotes, chocolate is natural and it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like there's some people, like there's a thing that's going around on Facebook and people always send chocolate it to is me. Healthy. Chocolate is a salad because chocolate comes from a tree and trees have leaves and leaves are salad or something right. like this. It's and I just think it's so funny. The chocolate bean, beans are
0: healthy, aren't <laughs> they? Exactly.
3: exactly.
0: Yum. Yum. Well, anyone who's ever gone to Hershey Chocolate World and taken that tour, you know, yeah. when you sit in a chocolate bean and it takes you around and gives you how chocolate is made. I love mm-hmm. that. I We do it if, every time we go.
3: I've never done it, but it <gasps> sounds fascinating. You've never been to
0: Hershey World? <laughs> no. Okay, we are so going.
3: Okay, okay road trip. All our
0: <laughs> listeners. Okay, we are going to go, and they may even be open in the winter time. Just the chocolate world part, not the amusement park.
3: Very nice. But
0: let's go in the summer, and then if not, we're going to go circus. You'll come with me, and my family. We'll go circus okay. time. Do All right, deal. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna okay, shake on swear. out. We're gonna pinky swear <laughs> it now that we're gonna go. I okay. want to be. Oh my gosh, I happen to love Hershey Park because I happen to like chocolate. I I do like I'm not hostile so. I do like Godiva. That is one of my favorite chocolate brands. Um, but I cannot wait to start with your chocolate. Okay. Okay. And I did have some last night. Let's talk about quickly our bloggers party that we went to. <laughs> okay.
3: That was an absolutely fantastic good time. Yeah. Um, it was for J Create um, with Abby Wollen And there were a few bloggers there. It was just really a fantastic time.
0: Um, there were a few bloggers there, and it was really just to talk. Uh, really, they had activities, mm-hmm. which I could not stay for. Um, they had activities, like crafting activities. was mainly yeah. about people who do uh, craft, Jewish craft. They invited mm-hmm. me because, you know, I've been um, – Abby has been the guest on our show here mm-hmm. at Table for
3: Two uh, quite a few times. And so has Melinda
0: Strauss. Melinda.
3: And Chani.
0: Chani, mm-hmm. um, busy in Brooklyn, Applebaum mm-hmm. from busy in Brooklyn, and they invited me to come and talk about, you know, the show, you know, right. talking about the show, and I wanted all the ladies to come on as guests as well because they're not only they're food bloggers, they're also creative in the food and with um crafts. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I thought the really cool thing um was the apple pretzel um, pretzeltini. Um, what uh breezy? I thought that was pretty. That was very clever, right? Yeah, I she, think so. I'm gonna describe it to everyone. It was a pretzel Okay, it was in a martini glass. Um, breezy, uh, Schwartz made him. Um. So what she did was, she, she took, um, the top of the martini glass, and um, uh, vanilla frosting, and then she cut, crushed up pretzel. So the rim had vanilla frosting, and then she took, uh, crushed up pretzel and dipped upside down the glass. So the pretzel stuck to the, um, vanilla frosting, and then she made a mixture of, um, salted caramel, um, vodka with, uh, frangelica. It was two to one. Two vodkas to one frangelica. And it went in the glass. I can't remember my own name half the time, but I remember this recipe yeah. because, because, uh, it had alcohol in it and it was really yummy and really pretty. I'm actually going to try to post a picture of that on, on Instagram as well, but that was a lot of fun. And of course, um, there was all this chocolate bark, bark. I'll say it like an American bark, cho- <laughs> chocolate bark, chocolate bark. You're listening to me because of my accent, right? So my cho- and, and then, um, you were so kind to have Melinda Strauss from kitchen dash tested, bring it over to me. Yes. And then I thought it would be so nice to bring it over to my engineers in the studio today, um, and we'll leave some for Nachum and Miriam also. Okay, so let's talk about this chocolate bark. Okay. I'm just going to um, – for those of you who um, are in front of a computer, uh, you can go on to YouTube to the Nachum Siegel Net channel. I got it down, ZK. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, click on and, and you can watch the show as well. So we have um, – this delicious chocolate bar. So I'm going to hold it up for the people that are watching, but um can you describe what this is?
3: Um yes, that is it's dried cherries with um toasted walnuts that I put a little bit of vanilla extract on and and then I toasted them in the oven. So they get a little bit of vanilla flavor with that. And it's on uh semi-sweet chocolate.
0: Semi-sweet chocolate. I did notice there were two kinds of chocolate there. Right? It was all semi sweet. No, it was all, the same? all
3: my bark is the same. Okay. Um,
0: I'm just going to hand some over to my friends over here, the best engineers on the planet. Okay. All right. So, okay, now we have, let's open up some of these. Okay, so these. We bought some different samples because Sarah right. actually sells her chocolate. Right. Okay, so. It's, it's powerful. I know. <laughs> I'm getting the
3: thumbs, getting up. The thumbs yes. up. Thank you so much. Um, so these are, um. Russell Russell of the Papers. <laughs> right. Um, these came from an event that I did with Chef Ari White at the Buy It, which is the Riverdale, the Hebrew Institute of Riverdale. Okay. Big um,
0: shout out to Ari White with these fans absolutely. of yours.
3: Like two thumbs up, major shout out and bring home the kosher bacon for us at the uh, barbecue showdown. There's like a, some sort of a barbecue showdown with like uh um, Not that far away, I don't think. uh, uh um, we have to
0: find out about that. We got to get those guys in barbecue showdown in like February with snow around us.
3: Yeah, basically, oh. they're like it's a whole competition of all these different barbecue people. Kosher, kosher, um, kosher, and I think maybe not kosher okay. also. And I know that he's participating in this. And oh, we have to get Ari on the phone. Basically, I I follow Chef Ari, um. I think that what he does is absolutely amazing. Like, he just goes his own way and.
0: There is nothing like this in the entire planet Earth, what he does.
3: Not exactly like his. Kosher. No. Like kosher. Uh, not exactly. There are a few, there are a few people who are up and coming, but right, yes, he is, but he's number he one. is, he is the number one pit boss. Um, kosher barbecue. He does pop-up restaurants, street festivals, uh, fundraisers for different shoals. He also has gemstone catering, okay, which, which is his higher, which is like the more formal higher end. And... I love the fact that he has his more formal and then he has his let's just, you know, get down and casual.
0: Yeah. So I like um, the get down and casual. I like formal, but I like down and dirty with the with the sauce dripping off your face. Exactly. From and his brisket. Sweet Life
3: chocolate is also very much like that. Like I make chocolate marshmallow okay, to be kosher, it's a chocolate marshmallow treat, but everybody who's who's ever eaten it called a chocolate marshmallow crack because everyone who's ever tried it. <laughs> Has become addicted. <laughs>
0: sorry for that big laugh there, but that's so, hilarious. So can we talk so, into this? Absolutely. Turn around that chocolate. I'm sorry, our listeners at home cannot eat it right now because we can't put it through the microphone. But you so can. So what it. happened
3: was, is I made, uh, I made a huge run at the Hebrew, Instu- Hebrew Institute of Riverdale, that's where uh, his kitchen is that's where the event was uh-huh. that i it's under Hashgacha. that was under Hashgacha. it's under Star k which is very excellent and I have a limited amount still left, okay from the event in these pre sealed packages they're sealed with the Hashgacha oh, yeah. yeah. right on the front can't miss it um available for Purim.
0: Okay. Oh, my gosh. Mm.
3: They're $2 a piece.
0: $2 a piece for this gourmet chocolate. You're getting it for Steel Peeps. Okay, let's open it up. I'm so so excited.
3: Okay, so this is the chocolate marshmallow treat, a.k.a. chocolate marshmallow crack. Mm -mm -mm.
0: Okay. the rustling of the paper. Okay. There you go. Okay. It
3: doesn't look so pretty and warm, but it still tastes delicious. That
0: looks amazing. I'm going to try to describe... For everyone, you got chocolate on the top and chocolate on the bottom. It's like a bar almost. Right.
3: It's two layers of tempered chocolate. Um, We're going to talk about that, what tempered chocolate is in a minute. And inside is, I mean, this is really insane. It is peanut butter, marshmallow fluff. Chocolate chips and pretzels. Okay, and it's finished with a little bit of Dead Sea salt.
0: Dead Sea salt. Oh my God! From yeah. Israel. Okay. One of the things you that- talk while I take a bite. Right. One
3: of the man. things that Sweet Life chocolate is about is taking the very best that's available mm. on the kosher market and making it into delicious oh my treats God. and candy.
0: It's amazing. <laughs>
3: oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: It's so good. So I would never eat. A peanut butter sandwich in my life. Okay. I'm not a peanut butter person, but I do eat it in desserts. Like I know Le makes their peanut butter bomb, or they used to have been there in a little while. They're like a bomb of chocolate, which is like a dome with chocolate on top. They call that Mm -hmm. a bomb. Um, This is amazing. I love the all the textures coming together. Is there pretzels in here? No. There are pretzels. There are pretzels. There There are pretzels. There
3: are peanuts. There are chocolate chips. There is peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. This is, like, the one of the most, like...
0: uh This is really outrageous.
3: Yeah. I'll say that that's definitely one of the more outrageous things that I make. Wow. Okay. This is really good. I like I'm like. i just going to put that on a tissue.
0: Okay. It's good. Like, last week, ZK and I were flashic at 9.49 <laughs> something in the morning when we had lamb chops at my house for our anniversary show. Oh,
3: that sounds so we good. We did
0: the home edition of our show, mm-hmm. Table for Two at Home. Um, so let's just pause for a little station break before our show is almost over. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We haven't haven't had time to come up for air. Our show has been sponsored by Ables and Hyman Meats. Uh, we taste better, the most incredible hot dogs you will ever find. So, um, yeah, this has been a really great show. We got a couple more minutes that we can talk about um, food and chocolate. Um, I'd like to do the What's for Dinner segment uh, with you for a recipe. Sponsored by our friends at Gourmet Glut Emporium out in Cedarhurst. Okay. So can we do a quick chocolate recipe? We were talking about doing something cool that a parent can do at home. We've had all these crazy snow days and they say it's not over yet. We may have more snow ahead of us. There
3: might even be snow tonight. Okay, so I think that the easiest thing to do at home is and think, is think a, snow day. I'm putting her on
0: the spot. We we did touch a bit,
3: right? Touch on this. So I'm thinking like a chocolate bark because you could really have a lot of fun with it. It's be, you know chocolate bark is basically where you melt the chocolate down and you spread it flat on a parchment or a silpat and you can decorate it with. You know, you can top it with whatever you feel like. Right,
0: like at home, you're at home on a snow day with kids. Gourmet has a very large selection of chocolate chips, mm-hmm. so you can take those, melt them down, pour um, it. Pour.
3: I would say that it's better to use like the baking bars of baking chocolate Baking bars, not chocolate chips, not chocolate chips. Really?
0: Is it in, okay. Why? Why in general?
3: Um, I know that there's a scientific reason for it that I can't remember okay. at the moment. Okay. But,
0: okay, okay. No problem. Um, Okay, so we are using baking bars. Is there a favorite brand that we use?
3: Um I use Alpros. Me too. Um me too. Right, I buy and go make that. All the ingredients that I use for selling my chocolate are all hexher. Has- yeah. Um, you know, OU and better as I like to say. Okay. Um not that anything is less. Right, but, I understand.
0: We, we um, love OU. OU's good. But
3: if it's me personally, um, making chocolate, like for my family, um, I'll use Calibo. Calibo, excellent.
0: Calibo. And it, it's it usually buy it in big chunks and, um, they break it down for you in, in, um, in Brooklyn, um,
3: right. So I would go to the pepper mill and I would buy it either in like a one pound block or a five pound block, depending on what i need. Five pound it block for. is, Huge!
0: Yeah. Um, I usually buy little wedges of it wrapped up, um, and they put the weights price on it. Um, right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have it at Le Chocolat in the Five Towns also.
3: I'm not Probably sure. Probably, I've never been there, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna check those guys out, yeah. But it's amazing therapy. If you're ever, like, really upset with something, you know, you just grab a one pound bar of, uh, chocolate. of chocolate and just take your knife and just Chop it really fine. And you'll find that by the time you're done, you're not so upset anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I like that. Um, chocolate. So
0: I've, I've actually taken Calibo chocolate. I've ground it down. I've melted into some milk for hot chocolate. I've done it. Absolutely. A, a natural rather than using packets. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back to our what's for dinner segment. Um, so we've melted chocolate with the kids. Um, double boiler, which is what you That's put. That's what a, I do. You take a pot of water. You put a non-reactive heat, heat-proof bowl on top. Mm-hmm. Of that, um, and you put the chocolate in the bowl so it stays clean and dry. Do you not get your chocolate wet. Cause no, that, oh gosh. I learned that from Stacy Siegel. uh Life. Shout out to you, Stacy. You taught me that many, many years ago. Um, that not to keep, get your chocolate wet, and right. then you just one it when and then you stir it the whole time.
3: And it only takes a couple of minutes. The steam is melting the chocolate. Right. Exactly. And. You don't even need to stir it until it's completely melted. What you can do, there's actually two different ways that you can okay. temper the chocolate. One is where you put in all your chocolate at once. Okay. And you wait until it's about two thirds of the way melted. Mm-hmm. And then you just shut off your steam and just Continue stir it. To stir. And this is tempering? This is tempering. Ooh. Um, the I other asked, way.
0: I get, I get asked that a lot, how to temper chocolate. Right. I'm never
3: sure. The other way is where you put in only two thirds of your chocolate, melt it down completely. Take it off of your fire, add the last one-third of your chocolate, and then just stir it. And
0: why does that make our chocolate better?
3: Um, what that does is when the chocolate is melted, there are certain fats that are in the chocolate that get broken down in the melting process. When you, But in order to temper the chocolate, you need them to melt and then reform. And it will only do that like within a certain temperature range. It's like between like 96 and 98 degrees or 95 degrees, something like that. Um, so what you want to do is you want to melt it down. You're going to raise the temperature to melt it and then you're going to cool it. It's called seeding the chocolate.
0: Okay. Never heard of that. So one. you're
3: going to, when you add the, the, uh, chocolate that's not melted to the melted chocolate, you're lowering the temperature naturally to where it needs to be. Okay. Basically, you know, your t- your chocolate is tempered when it's actually a little bit thick and it's really shiny, really glossy. That's what you're looking for.
0: Shiny, glossy, mm-hmm. fresh chocolate. Okay. Well, where's the best way to store chocolate?
3: You want, I have one cool- package of Trader mm-hmm. Joe's Parva
0: chocolate chips in my house still. And when okay. they became milkic and they had a whole petition. Right. Yeah. I have one package left. I think it's spoiled now, right?
3: Uh, no, um, chocolate can actually last quite a while as long as it's kept in a good condition.
0: Which is? What are
3: those cool um, conditions? In a place that's cool and dry. I wouldn't say a refrigerator. I wouldn't say a freezer. Like a basement, cool ba- coolish basement? Um, I would say so. Okay. You want to keep it away from other things because it can actually pick up odors over time.
0: Oh, interesting. Very
3: tightly sealed. Um, yeah. So
0: in our, melt, we keep going back and we diverge <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to bring it because I want to close um, this This the recipe out from our What's For Dinner segment with, you could probably throw in um, Mike and Ike's. Or you could you probably could. throw in you, M&M's or nuts or craisins. You could. Anything that you find at home even, maybe even chopped up fresh fruit even would be funky to you throw could, in there. You um,
3: could if you're going to eat it right away. Right.
0: Yeah, of course. I if mean, who wouldn't want
3: to eat chocolate right away? Especially right. <laughs> when,
0: especially your home. It's a snow day. You've made your uh, you chocolate bar. You just want to be
3: careful with fresh fruit because sometimes the different acids from the fruit could react with the chocolate. Interesting. Okay. It's so a, it's normally, so, much so normally you deal with like dried fruit. You can maybe like soak it in a little bit of a liqueur or a little bit of sure. a liquor to give it a little extra flavor, would, would and that, then dry it was a that, little but, bit.
0: With that, with that, um. Affect the kids, you know, because we're we're making. This oh, well, I'm sorry, kids. we're making this. For we're the making kids. this with kids on snowy days. Or only days.
3: Uh, only use a little. Only <laughs> use a little.
0: Battle <laughs> position, they'll never notice. Yeah, yeah exactly. While your four year olds walking around in circles.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, but um. You can use all sorts of different things and uh, to put in there: dried fruit, dried nuts, um, chocolate chips, chocolate uh, chips in the
0: chocolate. Sure. Why not? you are give it a nice text, texture, right?
3: Right, like crunchy stuff, um, crushed up pretzels, crushed up pretzels, marshmallows, marshmallows, toasted coconut, oh, almonds, yeah. coconut. peanuts. Find your inner chef and make your fabulous chocolate bark. Basically, chocolate bark, in a way, is sort of like a a, a clean slate, um, a, like a clean palette, and you can decorate it how you want. Okay, it's
0: great. I've, I've learned so much about chocolate. <laughs> I didn't know all this, some of these technical terms. I just want to just – we've got about two and a half minutes left. I just want to – Sarah gave me this little present. I'm just taking off the ribbon. And she gave me this – let's just talk about this chocolate because it looks incredible. We've got about 30 seconds to talk about this. Look how gorgeous. I, I wish you could smell it because it has such great aromas. Thank um It's you. white
3: chocolate. It is uh, spiced white chocolate. With um, toasted pistachios and dried cranberries. Oh my gosh! And this
0: is milkic, So that this fantastic.
3: is melchik because it's called it's um called
0: Oh, fantastic! I I love milkic chocolate. Um, okay, I'm gonna eat that after the show. Um, so we've had a great show today. We heard from Mason and Mug, and we uh had you in the studio talking about chocolate. And you Thank know, you so um, much. I really appreciate you coming in in this crazy, insane winter that we are having, and especially on a Friday. Um, we are going to be in uh I'm going to be in uh Gormagla next Thursday um, for a live cooking demonstration um, from 2 to 5 I'd love everyone to come down and join me. Uh I will also be the following week the following weeks in Tinac and um, where else Tinac and you said in and. Borough Park, the gomegladen Borough Park. Wow! So you're <laughs> going to more... be in my neighborhood. Yeah, so like, you should come down and we'll... oh, chocolate and fish—that might be nice. That could be
3: interesting. <laughs> yeah, bring
0: your camera. Bring your camera. Um, so, I hope people can join me. All the shows will be from two to five. You can go onto my website and um, or join my newsletter, and you'll you'll find out uh, how to see those shows. So, it's been a really great show. Next week, okay, you're waiting for this. It's going to be Jay and Seth here in the studio. We're going to have a salami and wine pairing Um, and we're going to get a Kosher Food and Wine Expo 2014 roundup of what's going to be there and what we can expect and what restaurants will be there by our marketing director, uh, Jay Booksbaum from uh, Royal Wines and of course our Abels and Hyman sponsor, the president and owner of the company, Seth Levitt. So we look forward to having him on the show. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Everyone, please join us uh, right up until Lich Benching on the Nahum Siegel Stream. We're going to have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem. So stick around, enjoy, wishing everybody a safe, dry, warm, non-snowy Shabbat Shalom.